Hello, and welcome back to Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. Another episode. Oh, my goodness. Today, I want to talk about miracles. I want you to remember, stick around to the end, because we're going to use the messages from your animal spirit guide cards, the oracle cards. I'm going to draw a card for you at the end of this little podcast. What is a miracle? What do you consider a miracle? What looks like a miracle to you? And have you ever experienced a miracle? Do you feel like like miracles happen to you all the time? Or do you feel like miracles have to be a religious experience? Do you feel like miracles only happen to others? (laughs) The reason I'm asking you is because here's the definition of a miracle. According to, let me see, let's just go here. So it is considered an extraordinary event taken as a sign of the power of God. Another definition is something as an event or an accomplishment that is very outstanding, unusual, or wonderful. And it will take a miracle for us to win, is an example. Those are just a couple of definitions of a miracle. But what do you think a miracle is? And what shows up as a miracle in your life? What comes along as a miracle. As you know, I am a teacher of the law of attraction and a great fan and a follower of the law of attraction, which follows a simple theory of as you think, so you are. You create your own reality. Can we also create our own miracles or what we is considered a miracle? Miracles don't fall into the scientific domain. They don't fall into just the church or spiritual domain. They cross over. Even science has said, especially in medical situations where somebody has been diagnosed with something that is terminal, they say, okay, you know, uh, I got this. I'm going to take it from here. And the next time they see the doctor, the doctor says, well, that's a miracle. I mean, I can see right here on the x-ray, you had X, Y, and Z going on. And now I look at new x-ray and X, Y, Z is gone. So what did you do? And, And it's attributed as a miracle. A miracle would be, when it comes down to something unusual, would a miracle be uh, being able to talk to crossover loved ones? Would that be a miracle? Or can that be mainstream? Can that be something that's normal? Because the definition said something unusual, outstanding, or wonderful. Well, it is wonderful, isn't it? Is it an extraordinary event that you could take as a sign of the power of God? When someone has the ability of a medium, are they accessing the power of God or are they accessing the energy of their higher self? And if they're accessing the energy of their higher self, is that a miracle? And can we all achieve miracles? So the Bible defines miracles as four different categories, faith healings, Then we're going to go at these one by one. Faith healings, exorcisms, resurrections, and control over nature. And the reason I want to go go at these one by one is because they're really quite interesting. Faith healings, uh, you know, I can remember when I had a client come to me and she had a really serious, when I was doing massage therapy, she had a frozen shoulder. And she had a very difficult time with her frozen shoulder. And I worked on her uh, in doing Reiki healing and um, reflexology and doing massage therapy. 
And we resolved the issue with the one shoulder and it showed up in the, the other shoulder, which is common actually. So what I did is I worked on her other shoulder and she was consistent with her self-care and I was consistent every week with her. And we resolved both the issues. Now she'd been going to her doctor over and over and over looking for help, guidance, something, relief from the frozen shoulder because it was very painful. And so this required she didn't need to go to the doctor as often. So she didn't see him very often after that until she had to go for her physical because she was fine. She didn't have any issues. She was good. She went to the doctor and her doctor said, well, I haven't seen you for a long time. How is your shoulder doing? And she said, oh, my shoulder's healed. And he's like, what? What do you mean? Because you got to remember, she'd been going to him for a long time, like up to a year or more for this frozen shoulder. And she said, well, I went to a, a Reiki healer and a massage therapist and, and reflexologist. And she was able to help me and it healed. Oh, he said, you don't go. That's witchcraft. You can't go to those kind of people. And because we had resolved her health issue through the work of faith healing in his world, or the Bible would have also called it faith healing. So there you've got spirituality and medicine kind of crossing over. And really, we didn't really do any of that. We worked with energy, pure energy, her energy and my energy. We worked with the energy of love, the energy of compassion. We worked with the energy of, of spirit, the energy, my soul energy, her soul energy, and moved the energy in her body so that it could heal. She gave her, her body permission to heal. So there's your faith healing right there. Make sense? I think so. So the second one is exorcisms. I scratched my head around this. You know, I went and saw The Exorcist for the movie way, way, way back in the day. And I, the husband I was married to at the time was quite a devout Catholic, his whole family. And he'd been grown, he'd grown up Catholic. And we went to see The Exorcist. And I'll never forget how scared he was after we saw that show. And for me, I wasn't raised Catholic. So I didn't have a real understanding of exorcisms or the possibility of that being real. Or, and then there's this rumor going around that this was a real boy, not a girl, because it was a girl in the movie, but that it was a real boy, that this really happened to, that they had to intervene and help him uh, expel this spirit out of his body that was evil. And turns out that that story about it being real and being a true story put to film and dramatized, that story was, was bogus. It wasn't real. It wasn't the truth at all, it turns out. But it also turns out that exorcisms are really more in the mind of priests and in the words of the church than they are in the spirit of the human body. I still can't wrap my head around the idea of exorcism. And the reason for that is I believe if your mind, your emotional center and your physical aspect are out of control, out of your control, then you've given up your power to some degree through possibly a mental illness, through an emotional illness, or through a physical, physiological aberration, which could be a tumor, it could be something going on in your brain, something that's affecting some of your decision-making centers. There could be a lot of reasons why you would present as somebody who needs, in the eyes of the church, an exorcism. 
So I really struggle with that as considering an exorcism. Uh, I think if, well, I just struggle with that whole idea. Resurrections. I know, again, through the church, there's this idea that people come back from the dead. Well, they don't come back from the dead. When your body is done, it's done. But your soul never dies. Your spirit never dies. And when the church talks about the resurrection of Jesus, is the church really talking about the followers of Jesus interacting with the spirit, the powerful healing spirit of Jesus, and seeing him in body because they perhaps had clairvoyant abilities or they were highly trained by Jesus to believe in the goodness and the clear energy of humans and to believe that he said, what I can do, you can do to all the masses as he was teaching through his journey. And so did he just appear to them spiritually or did he really come popping back into the body and he was wandering around the earth again? I tend to believe he appeared just as spirit appears to a medium where a medium can communicate with crossed over loved ones. So to me, that explains resurrection. I don't believe, you know, I, and there's now we've been really, our society has been really obsessed too lately with the uh, vampire movies and uh, the stories of, of the undead <laughs> walking the earth. I just, you know, like I just, your body is your body, your soul is your soul. Your soul is what animates your body. Your soul never dies. It never dies. It continues into another adventure. It, it just never dies. It's a gatherer of lessons, a gatherer of adventures and experiences. It's a gatherer. And it does that through the experiences it has through its, in this reality, through its physical presence. So that would mean then that I create my body, you create your body. And we use this vehicle, this physical vehicle we had call our, our name, my name's Sharon. We use this vehicle to help us experience different things in the physical world. And earth is a physical environment. So to be able to do that, we to be able to taste and use our senses and see and enjoy various things, we have to have a physical presence. And so our soul animates a physical body until that physical body no longer works. And then the soul is still here. The physical body no longer functions. So that's my idea of resurrection. Now, let's go to the last one that they talk about, the four types of miracles. And that other one is control over nature. I'm not really sure I understand what that means, except that I know for a fact when Dr. Masaru Emoto was alive and he went to a lake, and I can't remember the name of the lake or where it was, and he took many, many gatherers, followers with him that believed in the power of healing water and changing water and the power of water, which had the ability to heal. And Dr. Masaru Emoto was a Japanese scientist who believed that water could be influenced by words and emotions. And he did a lot of experiments like putting water in glasses and then putting little signs on each glass. One would say hate, another would say love, another would say Hitler was one of them, another would say um, sickness, another would say anger, another would say great joy, compassion. And they had all these and they'd freeze them. And then they would take crystal shavings and look at them under a microscope to see what shape the water took. 
And in the negative words, in the negative energies, the, sh the water was misshapen, oftentimes discolored, uh, the crystals. And when I talk about crystals, I'm talking about what looks like a snowflake. Really, when they did their experiment, they look like snowflakes. And if you want to look up his work, it's Dr. Masaru, M-A-S-A-R-U, Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. He is just brilliant. He's passed now, but his work was just unbelievable the way he made it clear. Because don't forget, we're quite a bit water as well, right? When he took all these followers of his to this lake, their intent was to heal the lake. It had become polluted. The fish were all dying. Uh, it, was, it was just absolutely, um, and it had been polluted through toxins in the environment and in the ground. And what, what happened was I was following his uh, teachings at the time, and he had everybody that wished to do it that couldn't make it to this lake. I think it was in India that they could put a glass of water on their tabletop and hold at this particular time of day. And he had it broken down into what time was best for what area of the world. And you hold your hands on the water, on the glass, and you hold your energy visualizing healing of the water. And there was some visuals that they sent, et cetera. That lake by the end of the day was completely clear. Is that a miracle? When we approach something with intent, can it be considered a miracle? Does intent make a difference? That's control over nature. Uh, I'll give you an example closer to home. I have a tree out front of my home, back of my home actually, and I call it my tree of protection. And everywhere I've lived, I have a tree that I call a tree of protection. And this one is just beautiful. It looks like it's got this huge, massive stump, uh, trunk that rises up. And then on either side of the trunk are two very large limbs, branches that look like arms outstretched. I love this tree so much. And as I have loved on this tree, I can see it from my office. It's got forms on its trunk that look like eyeballs. It looks like a human eye. And there was one when I first moved here. Now there's two. And I show it to my clients when I remember to show it to my clients. I enjoy that tree so much. Now we had a massive windstorm here a while back and along the street where that tree is, there's a whole bunch of other trees that line that street. And there was about four of them. Now I live on a corner and that tree is on a corner. So when that storm hit, it was getting it from four different areas, different directions. And all I did when the storm started is I visualized the tree anchored with a trunk of steel and limbs of steel and it couldn't be moved. And then I put a bubble of energy over my home, over my family so that we couldn't be harmed, my home wouldn't be harmed, our vehicles and that tree was not gonna fall or be harmed. And so everything in my particular area was, was protected. After the storm passed and was done, and it doesn't take long for one to pass and cause a lot of damage in the process. When we walked outside, my neighbor across the street the other way had a tree down over top of his truck. And when we went down where my tree is around the back of the house, there was about four trees. The street was literally closed off. There was about four trees that had fallen. Uh, and you know, they were all planted at the same time from our across the street so nobody could get by. They had to go and cut them up and <laughs> clear the roadway. Is that a miracle?
Is that a miracle? Because with intent, I chose to protect the tree or I chose to protect my home. Can we protect nature? Another time we were driving to Calgary from home and it was kind of cloudy and sun would pop out and not pop out. It was mostly not popping out. It was kind of cloudy. And I said to my husband, I bet you I can make the sunshine. He just looked at me and laughed, but he figured, well, she's going to be doing something. She's not going to be talking my ear off. <laughs> and he said, okay, show me. So I went to my best place in my energy system. And I just felt great love, enormous affection for the clouds, for the sun, for the, the earth, for everything that was growing on the earth. And that I really was looking forward to the sun coming out. And I could feel the sunbeam shining on my skin through the window of the vehicle. I could feel the sunbeam coming out and getting stronger and the clouds parting. And I opened my eyes and I looked up and the clouds literally parted and the sun was shining on our car, our car for about five minutes. Now, you guys, my husband does not follow my work the way that a lot of my clients or students do. He's, he's very practical. You can ask him about this and he'll tell you that this happened because he was laughing. He thought it was just hilarious that this happened. And then about five minutes later, it closed back up and we carried on our way. And by the time we got to Calgary, it was sunny everywhere, but it was really fun. Is that a miracle? Would you consider that a miracle? If you have a stroke of great things happening to you, uh, for example, you win the lottery, you're down to your last dime, you don't have a job, your company's shut down, you don't know how you're going to pay your rent or your mortgage, you're really down to your last money, and you win the lottery. Would that be a miracle? Some people might say so. I don't think the church would, because money is not considered to be clean. It's considered, but it's just a tool. And you've heard me talk about money. If you haven't, a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast on money. Go find that one and check it out. But so what makes something miracle? Well, it says an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. When we break records in track, or swimming, or javelin throwing. Is that a miracle? Because the, the top and fastest runner in the world was considered the fastest runner in the world only until a new runner came along and broke the record. But is that a miracle? Or was there intent? And does intent have anything to do with miracles? So to continue what makes something a miracle, as uh, subscribed supernatural cause, such an effect or event manifesting or considered as a work of God, a wonder, a marvel, a wonderful or surpassing example of some quality, a miracle of modern acoustics. That's another area too. Music, arts, acting, any of the arts. There's considered miraculous events happening around the world in regard to things like the arts. So what do you think is a miracle? And, you know, the best thing to do is to keep your eyes open and keep your heart clean and pure and clear and look for miracles in your own, your own life and create your own miracles. People think it's miraculous when a medium can talk to crossed over loved ones. 
I put it up down to certainly there's some ability there and me being tuned in, tapped in, turned on according to my abilities. But I really, really put it down to anybody can do the work I do. It requires training. It requires a pure heart. It requires compassion and love. And it requires you to be non-judgmental, non-critical, and step away from the world as you see it. It flies in the face of reality. And there's what a miracle really is, is not reality. But reality is constantly changing. So that leaves you with some questions. That leaves you with some uh, thought. And I would suggest you might want to wander around the world and see if you can find a miracle. I'm going to pick a card for you from the, these are Stephen Farmer's messages from your animal spirit guides. And the card that I picked is the zebra. Let go of your fear and know that you are safe and protected at all times. So if you knew you were safe and protected at all times, could you believe in miracles and find them? Could you look for them? What do you think? Let me know. I look forward to it. I get lots of emails from lots of you. If you want to give me your definition of a miracle, just email me, Sharon at SharonRose.com. Email me. It would be awesome. Don't forget to go over to SharonRose.com and take a look at all the services that we offer. Take a look at the kitchenwitchin.ca site. Uh, we're gonna be firing that up again in, uh, in September. And don't forget, we've got a contest coming up this month. Uh, well, wait, June, we're just about there. Tomorrow's the first day of June. Uh, the month of June on the 28th, we're gonna be drawing for three free readings. Uh, make sure you, this is 2022, make sure you get your name in for that. And you can do that through email or going over to the Facebook page, Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye for now.